it's no use going back to yesterday because I was a whole different person there. Hey everyone, how's it going? Welcome back to your favorite weekly podcast, Refreshing the Idiotic. I'm your host, Hannah. And just a disclaimer, today I actually decided to sit outside because the weather is like pretty decent. I'm sitting in like the cubby door area of my elementary school, so if you hear any outside noises or like echoey, that might be why. But anyways, today's episode is all about Todd Syndrome, better known as Alice in Wonderland Syndrome, but we'll get into that right after we roll the intro music. The question for this week's episode is, what is something that will instantly make your day better? I have two things that I just have to share because they're so cute. The first thing is when people put like a lot of effort into like a little thing, which sounds really odd. But like when I was younger, my mom used to pack my lunch for school and she used to write like a little note or something sometimes. And it used to make my day, especially because I used to have like really, really rough times at school. But like just like that little note or like when the teacher wrote good job on my test, I thought that was like the cutest thing ever. Or like when a friend sends me a text message to be like i'm there for you or like especially like if it's out of the blue and i'm not really expecting it i think that's like the cutest thing ever also the second thing obviously i have to mention this you guys know i have a pet bird my pet bird is like the most loving caring animal in the whole entire world so i don't know if i've actually mentioned this on any of my episodes because this happened while i was working on the podcast but there was one morning where i got up and i just like didn't have the energy i was like very very depressed that day and i genuinely didn't want to get out of bed and i usually get out of bed around like eight o'clock so like i'll get out of bed i'll like wash up and then i'll take him out of his cage but it was like way past eight o'clock and i wasn't getting out of bed and he was silent because like i think he could feel something in the air and then eventually he let himself out of the cage he flew all around my room because I have a loft bed, so his cage is right underneath my bed. He flew around and he found me on top of the bed. And then he just started cuddling me. And it was the most cute, like, wholesome thing ever. Because he knew that's what I needed to get out of bed. Because, like, let's be real. If he's going to cuddle me, I'm going to stay there and I'm going to cuddle. So, like, I probably stay there for, like, another half hour. And then I force myself to get up and just, like, get on with the rest of my day. And, like, again, it's just, like, the cutest thing in the world because, like, he knows when I'm not alright and he knows when I need some cuddles and, like, comfort or if I'm just, like, being out of it and I just need to wake up and, like, he'll bite me. Not even really that bad, but it's, like, so, so cute. Okay. I think we should get into today's episode, which was Todd Syndrome. So I'm going to be talking about the definition, fun facts, just because that's where the name came from. Causes, symptoms, how it's shown, how it's diagnosed, and treatments. So the definition, please let me know if this doesn't make sense. But as per usual, I'm like kind of going through all of my research resources and I'm trying to like mash up the definitions, find one that makes the most sense for me. But if it doesn't make sense for you, please reach out and let me know because I really do want it to make sense. And I'd like to say that I know the illness well enough to be able to explain it to somebody even if they don't understand the way I've explained it here. So the definition is that it's a condition that causes temporary episodes of distortion and impaired senses. It's usually just sight but it can also be touch, hearing, and sense of time. So some fun facts, I only have two and they're both relating to 
the name of the disorder just because I thought it was interesting to see where the name stemmed from because a lot of them you don't know and I thought this would be really cool. So the first one, as I've mentioned, is also known as the Alice in Wonderland syndrome. So the writer of Alice in Wonderland, Lewis Carroll, might have had it. As you'll see, his symptoms do match up, especially if like you really go into him. But the biggest one is that he used to write about having a lot of migraines in his diary, which is a symptom or side effect of Todd syndrome. And so that might have been where he got the idea for Alice's story. Like If you haven't read it, you probably should because it's honestly one of my favorite stories. But basically, like, Alice will go and she'll, like, see a potion that says, drink me, and then she'll grow tiny so that she can go through the holes and, like, the little doors. Or, like, it'll be, like, drink me, and then all of a sudden you'll become big so you can step over things. And so people think that that's where he got the ideas because they were so out of it at first, nobody really could make any sense out of it. The second thing is that it's named Todd Syndrome because the person who really figured it out and like studied it for the first time and understood it and where Lewis Carroll might have had it was named John Todd who was a psychiatrist. Next up is causes. So this one it's been researched pretty thoroughly but it's kind of hard to research so they're not fully known yet why somebody might have Todd syndrome because the episodes are really really short. They can be as short as like five minutes, so it's very, very hard to research them, but it looks like it has a lot to do with like the head. So if you have migraines, head trauma, brain tumors, or anything really head related, it seems to be like the main leading cause. So who is it most likely to affect? It's usually young children or like young adults, and usually people tend to grow out of it. Only one third of adults who had it as a child didn't grow out of it. As for symptoms, which I've been hinting at for a while now, you'll only feel one of the five symptoms that I'm about to mention at a time for like an one episode. And the episodes usually last from about five minutes to 20 minutes, which is why, again, they're so difficult to diagnose and research and study. The first one is microscopia, where objects are, appear smaller than they actually are. The next one is the exact opposite, so macropsia, where uh, objects appear larger than they actually are. The third type is telepsia, where objects appear further away than they actually are. The fourth, on the other hand, is pelopsia, where objects appear closer than they actually are. The final one doesn't actually have an opposing side, but it's metamorsia, which is where straight lines appear to be wavy, bent, or out of shape. Now, the types of ways it show, which I I wanted to say migraine was a symptom, but it's actually not. So, there's six different types of ways that it shows. So, the first one that's most common is migraines. So, it's a very, like, early sensory indicator because this mental illness could be, like, a subtype of a migraine. Not necessarily a subtype, but I think that's, like, the best way to put it because... If you don't have migraines, but you think you have Todd syndrome, you're more likely to just be misdiagnosed. You might have something else. The second one is size distortion. So like the symptoms I just mentioned, yourself, others, or objects around you are changing, so they might get like smaller or bigger. The third way is perceptual. So it means objects might be moving further away or closer by. 
The fifth type is time distortion, so it might be moving really fast or really slow, and I think everybody can relate to this. If you're going to stare at a clock, obviously it's going to go slower than if you weren't staring at a clock or thinking about time, but it can actually be a thing where like your mind is just like slowing down and you're just like, it's just taking forever to get that minute to pass or to speed up is sound disruption so loud might sound super quiet to you or quiet might sound super loud to you which i honestly thought this one was the most interesting one because if i'm screaming somebody's ear if they have like todd syndrome and they're in the middle of an episode it could sound like a whisper to them, and I thought that was really, really interesting. That's, like, one of the biggest things in this episode that stood out to me. Final type is loss of limb control. This is actually the most scariest thing. But you might just feel, like, totally out of control, uncoordinated, as if you're not, like, controlling your limbs. Like, let's say you're walking. It doesn't feel like you're actually walking. You just, like, you know in your head that you're moving, but it doesn't feel like it. Next point is how it's diagnosed. So this process is more of just like a process to see if it's anything else that could be causing these delusions and hallucinations. So the first thing is an MRI scan, which if you don't know, it's the scan of like organs, t organ tissues and your brain. Just to like see if there's any brain tumors, for example, or, or any other issues. The next one is an EEG scan, which is measuring electrical activity in your brain to see if there is a difference in your brainwave patterns compared to other people that might not have Todd syndrome. The final way is blood testing, so you're ruling out any viruses, infections, or any other reason you might be having the symptoms. And like I've mentioned, again, it's often underdiagnosed because people will assume it's something even if it's not. And so then you'll be labeled with, let's say, just anxiety because like obviously if things are shifting around you out of nowhere for like really short periods of time but they are happening you might take them as panic attacks so it is often diagnosed as anxiety but it could be diagnosed as other mental illnesses as well lastly is treatments so there isn't a specific treatment again because it's so short there hasn't been enough time to study the episodes but honestly it's not really that bad like obviously it's gonna freak you out if you haven't but the symptoms itself they aren't necessarily the worst that could happen to you so eventually you could just wait until you grow out of it other things is like treat the little sources that i mentioned earlier so like let's say you have a migraine and that's where the mental illness is stemming from try to do something to treat the migraine because it's it's falling underneath the migraine right so you're trying to treat the migraine it might help lessen the symptoms and i think that just about wraps up today's episode so we talked about the definition fun facts of where the name came from causes who's more at risk symptoms how it's shown how it's diagnosed and treatments hopefully you guys learned something new let me know if you did because i definitely did i had actually never heard of this mental illness until i decided to like go out looking for a new one that nobody had ever heard of so don't forget to let me know the highlight and low light of your week as always, and don't forget to answer the question of the episode, which is, what instantly makes you happier? As always, the research is linked down below in the description box, along with the link to my website, so don't forget to check it out. Lastly, share, subscribe, and rate. Five stars only, pretty please, with a cherry on top. Bye, everyone!